Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second ever episode of Test Talk. My name is Chris, aka CJ Shaw, and I'll be your host for the next hour of wonderful, wonderful content. We have four guests with me as well this week. All of them are amazing singers, as you just found out in the pre-roll. Um, so to introduce these guests, we'll get straight into it. Um, Bimsa, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hello, my name's Bimsa. I'm the head coach for Unique, and I've been coaching for the last uh, few years, more or less. Hello, I'm Tom Keek. I'm the coach for Noravin Academy. I'm Imbi. I'm the bot laner for Ryan Testad in the Finnish Stelia League, and I've been playing for like a long, long time. Hey, I'm Coach Tim. I'm the head coach for Fling in TSD. Okay, so now to get a bit more information on our guests, we'll come to um, Bimsa first. So you were at Unique last split, and you're at Unique again this split. So what keeps bringing you back to them? I mean, I think uh, Unique and I have a lot of uh, the same goals in mind, and I think we, we do things uh, very much the same. So that's always a big talking point for me, and I really like the, the staff and management there. Um, so, so I think uh, along, or, that's more or less why I, I come back, and they're, they're all really good friends of mine. So, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And Tom Kick, so you were at Celestial Gaming um, last split, who didn't get a win, if I recall. Um, so you've moved from Celestial Gaming, obviously got no win, if I'm remembering correctly, to Nordavin Academy. That's quite a big jump. So how do you feel and how did you prepare going into this split? Well, uh, from the experience that I gained from Celestial, uh, I was a support back then. The thing that's quite different this time is that after the experience I have with Celestial Gaming, I feel like I got to know what I don't want to experience in a team. And I want to make sure that everybody else that I stay with on the team doesn't have to experience the same thing I did in Celestial Gaming. And after I talked with Kami and I talked with Vice, who is the head coach, I got a really good feeling that it's going to be a great time with Norovin. That makes sense, makes sense. And you, you have done coaching outside of Esos as well. Is, that in, is it Taekwondo? Yes, true. Uh, I'm the coach for the competition team in uh, the traditional sport Taekwondo in Hamar. Very nice. And you, do you feel like that has transitioned quite well into esports? I think there are a lot of similarities, yes. Um, so, like, there's, of course, totally different things when you do traditional sport compared to esports. Uh, but I think there are a lot of great things you can learn from each specific sport that can help improve each player. And that's what I'm trying to bring also into the esports scene. Okay, okay. We'll come on to that later again. Um, but Imbi, so you have played, like you mentioned, you've played League for quite a while, and you've played competitive for quite a while, seven years. Uh, what makes you keep coming back? Uh, I mean, League first like started to me as like like a relief from like the normal life, and I found a great deal of many friends. And to, to this day, I have most of my friends in the Finnish scene. So it's, I think that's a big motivator that keeps me coming back. And also, I think I kind of just like competing. I compete for the uh, fun of it, mostly. Usually when I go to tournaments, I don't really care about the prize money that much. I just want to play and compete and just try to become a better player, essentially. Yeah, that's fair enough. That makes sense. And you've competed in quite a lot of tournaments, to be fair. Like Assembly in Finland is quite a big tournament as well, and obviously Telia for quite a few seasons as well. So. How big is assembly 
I, I don't know too much about it to be fair because it's quite a, a Finnish uh, tournament, but how big is it in Finland compared to like Telia, for example? Uh, it's our biggest LAN at the moment. I think, I'm not sure how many seats there are. I think it's like a couple of hundred or so, but it's, uh, Assembly is mostly uh, focused on CSGO, Overwatch, okay. uh, Rainbow Six, all the, like, all the games that are not really League of Legends. Yeah. Since League in Finland is kind of kind of a small day compared to everything else. Okay. Okay, fair enough. And Tim, so you've coached in Germany before you uh, you moved to Flung in Denmark. Apologies for people how I pronounce that. I'm not Danish. So, uh, But what kind of differences have you seen between teams in Germany and teams in Denmark? I think the main difference is, I mean, probably in imports. Uh, Germany, it's very usual that you have the full two or even three imports. Now with the new rules. Um, and the teams are specifically looking for, for these import slots um, to, to fill certain positions. And I don't really see that in the Danish scene at all. Like, even when you talked about our roster, I mean, we have Awaken in top lane, who is from Malta. But, I mean, he's been playing for a year now in Danish in the Danish scene. Uh, which in Germany would probably already be be a German like called a German citizen in in the league sense. Um, so that's the main difference for me in, in the teams itself. Okay. Do you feel like that that has been a positive or negative thing having a group of players that are all, for example, the same nationality in a team? Um, I mean, it, it's usually. I mean, now it's not that different. I mean, for me, coming into the Danish team, I don't really speak Danish, so for me, it had to be an English-speaking team. But um, I can imagine that when you speak your first language in, instead of your second, for most players, that is an advantage just in communication and understanding with with each other. But yeah, that makes sense. Obviously, I guess if you've got good players, then it doesn't matter what language you're speaking, because I guess league is a universal language. So but yeah, so we'll move on to now our weekly recap. This is where we're going to go over each region, speak about who did good, who did bad, and who we need to be looking at on top of the table, bottom of the table, and also for the playoffs. So first, we're going to move on to Sweden. Galaxy Racers are holding on to that first place still, although they don't really look unbeatable. They were yeah. only one of two teams this week to go unbeaten. Um, so it's a bit of a statement. The other team being hybrid... And they do sit in second place after going 2-0, obviously the same as Galaxy Racers. Their game with Lanomania was delayed. Um, so they could be hot on Galaxy Racers' heels if they can take the win there. The other two teams that I want to point out as well are Falcon and Aqualix. These two were at the top after week one. They were sitting first and second. But they did both go 0-3 this week, so it's been a bit of a tragic week for them both. That takes them straight from the top of the table to the bottom of the table. The Lanamania versus AHK game was played earlier today, and Lanamania did take the win. And as we saw earlier with Sidon was in the chat talking about his draft, the AHK and Unique game is on right now. Yep. I want to speak a bit more about the Unique game first, Bimsa. So I heard a rumor that you might have a different AD carry in your coach, Bloodsteel, this game. Yes, that, that and, is true. And Unique obviously do usually have a bit of a rocky start at the start of the split, as we spoke about last week. Um, do you feel like that's going to make it even worse? Or do you feel like a, maybe a change might do something good for this? I mean, I, I never think it's good to, to, have, to not have um, like your, your main roster, of course. Uh, yeah. and, and of course, I don't think it will be, be better with, <laughs> without Murps, of course, because Murps is a, is a very, very talented AD. Um, 
but but I, I think that we're still a, a good team, and I think we're we're definitely better than a team like HK. So so I think despite having having blood steel to uh, to hold us back today, I, I think we'll still clap uh, HK. Okay, strong words, strong words. And Yaka spoke last week about the fact that he felt like Unique needed to try as many wins as possible while they still had Merbs in the team, as the options obviously at the middle of the season aren't going to be as strong as maybe Merbs is. Um, how do you kind of feel about that? I mean, of course that would be good, but I think uh, so. So personally, I think that uh, while Merbs is a really, really strong AD carry, and and, and he really has done some some very good uh, things both in game and uh, outside of games. I also think that you know it, it, whenever we get a new AD carry, uh, then of course the team will will try to to make it work, and and I think. We are definitely strong. Both uh, like we have very strong players compared to to the level in in the Swedish league and in general. So I think uh, I I don't think it would be a problem. Yeah, I'm assuming that with the players that obviously you still have now, and if you obviously do end up replacing Merbs down the line, you still have the team that you can think can challenge for either first or second place in the league. I'm assuming. Yeah, I I, I definitely think that even if we replace Merbs, then. Uh, the, the team can still easily make finals. Uh, I, I believe in the guys, and I don't really believe in the rest of the teams besides Galaxy Racer, who I think have still looked shaky. So, okay, uh, I, I, I think fin uh, finals is definitely within reach. So you would say the Galaxy Racers are your biggest opponents, then? Definitely, and I mean, on on a on a good day, then I mean, stand one kind of don't connect, and then I think we just beat them. And on bad days, then Monk, you still beat them. Yeah, I, I mean, on, on a bad day, it'll be uh, it'll be a bit more interesting. But uh, but yeah, I, I I think the way we play the games uh, is is very similar. So I mean, I think whenever we play on Monday, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Okay, okay. I'm looking forward to that game. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be kind of a showing of how obviously unique and looking. And obviously, Galaxy Racers haven't percent solid in that league. So obviously, the unique are probably the team to try and take the wins off of them. Yep. But. Falcon and Acolix obviously looking really bad in the league, obviously going 0-3. Um, who do you think is going to be kind of grasping onto the playoff spots just below, for example, you, Galaxy Racers, and let's say Hybrid? Uh, I think Lundqvist have looked pretty okay. Um, but then again, I think it's kind of hard to say because it feels like you have like the clear number one and two in Galaxy Racers and us. Yeah. And then there's a step down to, to Hybrid, like despite, they beat, uh, despite them beating us. Uh, the game felt more like us not uh, actually wanting to win than, than them really beating us. And then from there, I think it's just a, a huge step down to, to the rest of the teams. So I I kind of think uh, Falcon, Aqualix, Lanomania, and AHK can, can all grasp for, for playoff spot. But I think it'll just be like a brawl for and see whoever just takes one match of somebody where they shouldn't have or, or something like this. Yeah. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I think it's definitely going to be a. I think, I think the level in Sweden is definitely a lot more easy. The last split, so I think it's definitely going to be a big fight for the um, for the playoff places. But we'll move on to our second region now. So the next region we're going to look at is Norway. So Nordavind were the only team to go unbeaten this week. They went zero. For, uh, they went four zero. Sorry, um, they did play twice against Vanilla and once against Riddle. So you could say their fixtures were kind of on the easy side, but at the end of the day, one point is one point, and they get the wins anyway. Richkan are looking to close up on Vifrost and Chaos though. Uh, they did go 1-1 with Bifrost this week and are kind of looking for that outside of spot for the top four. 
it's kind of depressing at the bottom of the table though. Um, <laughs> Veneer and Riddle kind of looking a bit Monka-esque, we'll say. And after Cammy last week said that Veneer always try and find a way of getting into the playoffs, maybe he might be looking a bit down on that statement now. But Tom Kick, so give me your predictions for second, third, and fourth in the league, as I'm going to assume that you think in Academy are going to come first. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, so from what we've seen, uh, sadly, there were like some games that wasn't really shown uh, from the last week. But um, from what the games I've seen, I'm pretty sure that Bifrost is a really strong contender for the second place. Um, I'm pretty sure also Chaos will stay third, uh, but I think it might be a pretty good fight between Chaos and Bifrost in the second spot. And then looking that Rishkang actually got the game of Bifrost, I'm pretty sure they have the strength to actually get to fourth place uh, in Norway. Yeah, we spoke last week about the fact there's quite a big gap between the top four and the rest of Telia in Norway. Um, do you feel like with Rich Gang obviously pulling that result against Bifrost, that gap's even further apart then? I th yes, maybe. I think so. Uh, what I think is really interesting, though, is actually the Riddle win against Chaos, because Riddle hasn't played as many games as others. Yeah. Uh, so from what Kami said, that Vanir may be uh, on a bit of deep water there in the end, I think Riddle might be able to compete in the middle bracket, maybe, maybe fight for a playoff spot because oh. they still have a lot of games to play, so they probably have had more practice time. Okay. That's interesting because well, Riddle were the only team other side uh, besides Nordovan who actually went positive this week. They went 2-1. and one. Uh, But Kami did say last week that they were his bottom place team in the league. So maybe, obviously with them having some more practice and having some good results this week, maybe they can be on the upswing. But do you think that they have the quality in the team to kind of, I mean, first jump up above like Wizard and jump across Bifrost and then even battle towards Rich Gang then? Do you think they have good enough players? And a good enough coaching staff, of course. Well, so the interesting thing is that I don't really know much about them because it's pretty new and fresh players. I think most of them are pretty young. Uh, so I think that's pretty promising. Uh, looking at the younger players, they are always more eager to get to the top spot. So I think if they can keep this road going, I'm pretty sure they have the potential to seek for maybe a top four spot, but it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty close though. Yeah. I think it's definitely gonna be a um a big run up to the um playoffs. Obviously it's gonna be the same in every single league. All leagues are looking like anyone can get into the playoffs honestly. We have obviously Riddle, like you say, and Domino and looking like they can go up there as well. I still have hope for Domino, um, but I don't know if I'm if I'm um, I'm clutching at straws on this one, especially with obviously teams like Riddle looking better. But, so we're going to jump into our third region now. Uh, this will be the Danish region. So our first thing I'm going to point out is Astralis, and this is going to be a very recurring theme in this week because obviously we had Dombi on last week, and he spoke about the fact that Astralis were kind of ramping up, and they were getting quite a lot of slack when they didn't really deserve it. And they did win two games this week. They basically beat the top two teams in their group, so they are looking like to be on a resurgence, and they do play two games back-to-back -back next week, so that's going to be looking to get to push them as high as possible, really. The next one I want to come to is Masonic. Um, I went against them in the predictions last week, but they managed to pull out the win against Absolve. 
And then they lost to randoms. So the question is, where do Masonic sit right now? Arguably second place, maybe even first place, but we're going to obviously come to see. Astralis Talent and Randoms were the only two teams to go 2-0 this week, and they both sit in fourth place in their leagues. So there wasn't really much movement in terms of placing in the leagues, but anyone can still pick up the top two spots in these leagues. So, Coach Tim, you beat Astralis on game one, day one, but haven't really gotten a win since then, or haven't gotten a win since then. What's going wrong? I think for us it's a lot of inexperience as well. Um... I mean, we built our roster uh, basically to qualify for TSD. Uh, we lost our ADC um, right after the, the qualification then. Um, it was somewhat planned as, as well. And then um, we went in with a pretty inexperienced roster. Most players, like even if they played more than a year, they, they haven't played at this level really. Um, so we knew it would be a hard fight and we would need, show, need to show a lot of improvement during the split, I think. Our first step then was the early games. I think that Astralis was one of the few teams that didn't punish our early game, and we just got to roll over um, in, in that first game. We also got the, the Lilia, which is always a good thing. Um, and I think that gave us a win that we we got with the same performance we showed later on. Um, I think for us, the, the most annoying thing is that most games were pretty close, so we, we got to a point where where basically one team fight decided the game and we we're usually the team that loses one team fight so this is of course the next thing we're working on um after now our early games have, have stabilized mostly yeah so next week you obviously take you take well you have astralis again and you have Orlando as well so how do you feel like you're preparing your team for them big games because obviously astralis are on a good good run of games and Orlando are looking like a team that will definitely be in the top two so i think I mean, we haven't given up for sure, so we're we're bringing the f um, for sure to to both Charles and Atlanta. I think Atlanta is on somewhat of a downtrend. Um, they had really, I mean, they lost to Charles and they had a really really shaky game against um, PG as well. Um, that could have gone either way, and was basically uh, they they threw the game by both games, uh, both sides threw the game multiple times. Um, so I think they are probably even the most more beatable team from the two. Um, but we definitely will bring the fight to Astralis, and we've we've prepared some some new strategies, and I think improved where we were failing before. And uh, yeah, okay. Uh, hopefully, and, gonna win. And when you say new strategies, is there anything you can give us a little spicy insight on? I uh, I would rather not, um, because <laughs> it's, it, it's it's coming mostly from Josh, um. right? so you can't really like tell what we're, what we're drafting. Um, but I think the the specific thing for us is also that. Funnily enough, we played played most of our, of our games on on blue side, which I think is our weaker side. So we have um, mm -hmm. all of our uh, games now are on red side, um, which is our strongest side. So I think um, we can still pull off some some wins here. Okay. And you were speaking about draft. This is a question to all. Sorry, Imbi. All the coaches here. So obviously, Moonstone, 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 Moonstone. Everyone's picking. Everyone's building Moonstone. Obviously, because of LS calling out and everything. I want to go around the coaches here and ask a kind of general question: Is LS a genius or is he overrated? We'll start with we'll start with Tim. I mean, he is a genius, of course. Uh, we have to say here that um, I, I'm not sure who tweeted it, but he retweeted um, our game where where Lilia built Moonstone. So, um, oh, really? of course, I, yeah, I, I can I can look the tweet up. So uh, that was actually our game from TSD. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, of course he's a genius. I mean, he wrote something to our game. He has to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And Tom Cake, what do you think? Like, uh, the reason I'm asking this is because there's like a very big difference between the people, right? If, loads of people love him and loads of people hate him. So I'm, I just want your opinions on it. Yeah, of course. So I, I think he's a really smart person. Uh, one of the things I might think be a problem is that he is a bit too, call it aggressive or too harsh on his points. So I think he has a lot of good points. Uh, but when he's stuck on something that he thinks is really, really good, he might be over-exaggerating it a bit. Okay. Uh, so I think Moonstone is really good. But again, it all comes back to scenarios. I don't think you can do it all the time. I don't think all the things are bad all the time. So it's all about scenarios. And that's yeah. with a game. like It's always changing. You can't really have too strong opinions. That makes sense. Makes sense. Bimsa, what do you think? I mean, I, I think so. So, so the thing with LS in in my eyes is like he, he's very smart about the game, and and obviously he he's in, in no way dumb. Uh, like, like he's very smart, but he's very polarizing in his opinions. Yeah, um, definitely. If, for example, uh, like like the, for example, the Moonstone thing, like he can hop on in half an hour about uh, a specific point, which is completely irrelevant to the game, or you know, <laughs> be like, okay, guys, if we freeze this wave, then we just win. Like, so so he's very um. Like very, very like uh, check uh, chess. Sorry, uh, it's like if everything's pl correctly played, then this is the best. Which uh, I think is is a weird way to approach league, um, because there are so many factors all the time that I think makes it uh, very hard to to do a perfect game. Um, so like I I think a lot of the points he has is very good, but I think you need to take them with a grain of salt because a lot of the time it's like okay, in this very specific scenario he's right, but in like night night scenarios. Maybe we should just, you know, think something for ourselves, kind of. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, like Moonstone is good, but people knew about it before, and it's. I don't think it's as good as he makes it out to be. Uh, I, I, I think it's situational. There's, for example, the uh, like. I think the best example is the um, um, the what are they called? Uh, Mad Lions game, uh, where they had the full AD comp, and then they had uh, Lilia and. He advocated throwing Moonstone as the only AP threat when the enemy could just stack up more. And like, at that point, it's like, okay, you know, the item is good, but maybe just calm a bit down. Yeah. That makes sense. If, makes sense. If I, if I may jump on the point, even Go though ahead, I'm, yeah. I, I am not yet a coach, maybe. I was going to come to you next anyway. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, but I'm kind of going what Tom Kick and Bimsa said you have to take LS with a grain of salt. And I feel like he really often is biased towards. Playing for late game more like uh, more than early game uh, because like uh, his opinions on for example Olaf Renekton like some players like of course like they are sometimes trap picks I uh, I know that but they are in some comments there is a specific specific point where they are good and uh, Moonstone as well is if you play a Moonstone comp like if you have like something like Olaf or Hecarim and then you have like one or two Moonstoners in your team. Uh, the comp is r really weak early uh, compared to like what uh, other teams might draft. And there's also some specific champions that do really well with Serpent's Fang into the into those comps. For example, uh, this we've been researching the thing, and for example, MF uh, procs Serpent's Fang with GSE and ult. Every every tick of those abilities destroy all shields. Basically, because they tick so often. Also, Kaiser's Q uh, does really well with it because every every Q proc destroys the shields. So there are specific 
like good counters to those comps, but and you can't really straight up line them. But if you if you start to have a moonstone comp and the enemy notices that you are within a moonstone comp, it is there are avenues to counter it. Like your yeah. opponent has to be kind of blind for you to just pick blind pick moonstone champions or every lane and win the game. I feel like. Okay. And I'm just gonna pick up on something I think you just came out of your mouth. I just want to make it 100 percent sure. You said not a coach yet. Is that something that you look down and look to go down in the future, near future? Uh, I've been uh, I've been thinking about it. I have I've coached like one or two teams in my time, and I every time I I'm not playing competitive for a couple of months, I uh, explore going to coaching or casting or something, just whatever that really relates to league. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So, moving on from obviously MB and speaking about LS and stuff, we're going to move on to our next week, which will be Finland. So, Nariki and Burgerflip are obviously still sitting at the top. Everyone expects him to be there, and it's going to stay like that. Probably. I well, I, first thing I want to point out first before people call it out. Let's get some Fs in the chat for Burgerflip because they're not Burgerflip anymore. They are some other name that doesn't matter because Burgerflip's better. Um, so yeah, they're sitting at the top of the table. Um, Epic Avalanche kind of look like the dark horse to battle out at the top with them too. Um, and there is a lot of even teams in Finland right now. So the fight for top four is going to be very exciting coming into the playoffs. And Hans did go 2-1 as well this week. So they are looking a bit of like an outsider and maybe a team to look out for. The Nariki versus Epic Avalanche game is being, well, was played earlier and I'm not quite sure if we had the result of that yet. And the uh, Epic Avalanche versus Nordic Dog game, Dogs game is on in five minutes. So do you know the result of that, Bimsa? Uh, uh, yes, yes. Nuriki won that game. Okay, so that's what everyone expected, really. Um, yeah, everyone predicted. We had predictions, obviously, for Game of the Week last week, and everyone voted for Nuriki, and obviously they have won. So, so yeah, the, the league in Finland is looking very, very kind of up and down right now, but obviously um, Nuriki and Bergerfield are looking at the top right now. Um, so, Imbi, you played last split, and obviously you're playing this split as well, both in the Telia, Telia League in Finland. COVID did obviously leave, as everyone knows. Um, do you feel that the talent pool in Finland has been affected by a team like COVID being obviously like a big influence, especially with and dropping out of the NLC as well? Do you feel like that's affecting the talent pool quite a bit or not? At all? Uh, I mean, I think last bit having COVID in our league really, really raised the level of uh, uh, the league overall, just because like every team was looking for uh, like, might, might not have gone to games like we got a wing against COVID. But more like we have to win against Nuriki and just like look how good we are matched up to Kova. Because this Kova is like like on on the next level from every other team in the league. And you can see now they won the telemasters and they were got got to NLC uh, due to some someone yeah. dropping out. But I think the talent, the raw talent that that is uh came new to the league this split, I think they're a bit more than last bit, I think. Uh, for example, Nuriki Stop is one that's really interesting for me, especially because I think uh, Nuriki Stop Petoska is looking like the next uh, really good top player after Nile. Uh, so I really want to keep my eyes on that. And then another one, uh, top player, another top player that come into the league is Hola, who is kind of like Petoska but one step lower. Okay. So. There's like two players I really want to follow. And then, uh, for example, the last league's team, Huyahaya, okay, they were all pretty new coming to the league. But this, uh, this bit, 
they've stayed as a five-man group, no no roster changes, nothing, and they're really like they're really becoming a better team. Last split they were like a kind of like a solo queue team. Now they're like the team that uh they play as a they play as a unit, but there's some still some rough edges uh, that you can see when uh when you play against them or when, when you look at the gameplay. Yeah, there's definitely um obviously as we're gonna see there's going to be talent coming up, up and down and up and down. But yeah, I, I think there's definitely quite a few players to look out for. And I'm hoping, me personally, I'm hoping that these kind of players trying to stay in Finland and try and obviously build teams so they can get to the telemasters and try and promote that way rather than obviously moving to different regions and stuff. But so, talking so a bit about... Mark. <laughs> wow, yeah. So talking a bit about telemasters anyway, obviously, Bimsy, you played against the Kova team that went, uh, well, Kova as it was then with Unique. Um, how did you kind of feel going against them back then? And how do you feel about the fact that they are obviously in NLC now? I mean, I think uh, back when we played against them, uh, we matched up rather evenly. Uh, we, we, I think we scrimped them once, uh, and, and it actually went pretty fine. Uh, like, I, I think, obviously, that, that's something that happened behind the scene, but after we won uh, the Swedish League, everybody just kind of started relaxing, and we never really found uh, our form again. So we went into Telemasters, everybody knowing that we were looking kind of sloppy, and yeah. I think it really showed in our uh, in our group stage. Like we looked really bad, and then we played against Granite. Then we we just didn't do execute like like we did uh, like two or three weeks earlier. I think um, at like 10, 12 percent win rate in scrims uh, wow. <laughs> moving into Telemasters, like things were not going uh, that great. So when we finally met some of the good teams, things went uh, really shit. But yeah, yeah, I mean. I think on our good days, I think, and it's going to sound cocky, but I honestly think we don't drop a game at Dinamasters then, if we had gone in in the form we were uh, when we won the finals. Yeah. So you well, you did go 5-0 and in the group stage. Yeah. So is that kind of, you saying that you were obviously down on, do you feel like that's more of a testament to the other teams kind of being a bit bad rather than you looking insane in the group stage then? I, I think in our group stage, there were not a single good team. I think the only good two teams were in, in the other group, and that was Granite and, and Kova, and we were honestly more scared of Granite. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that we were the only three good teams, and I think we were a step above, but we, we just kind of collapsed, and yeah, then then Granite took it uh, to the fields, but I mean, yeah, it, it happens. So. And this is the question for everyone. Do you guys think Guap are making its telemasters again? If they do, Danish League is really doomed. Like, <laughs> if it happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna come on this one more time, uh, and I'm gonna like do a formal apology to Guap Gaming. But there is absolutely no way that Guap is making someone clip it. Clip it and send it to me, and I'll pin it on my Twitter. But Did there, you there say there's no way? That there is no. No, way. no, no. There's no way in hell. There is no way Guap makes it because if they do, I'm gonna talk with Soft. Who's the coach for Absolved? And I'm gonna talk to uh, Van, who's the coach of Masonic, and I'm gonna tell them what the fuck happened. Uh, th th there is no chance in hell. I would say they don't even make it to playoffs. That's my prediction. Oh, really? I, I think PG and Astralis have a better shot to make it. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I mean, they like. You did say that. Oh, I can't remember who said it, but Atlanta were looking a bit on, on the downers trend. So I guess maybe Guap have got one team to contend with but oh, I don't I, know I think, no, I, I I think like... Atlanta make it, makes it makes it to playoffs and I think that either PG or Astralis are the second seat in, in that okay. group 
and make it. Fair enough. I mean, obviously, it is PG and Astralis next week, so I guess that will give us a decider on who will make that last playoff spot, I guess. But yeah, I think a bold prediction that they're not even going to make the playoffs, but we'll see how it fares out anyway. Anyway, talking about the PG and Astralis game, now we'll move on to our matches of the weeks. So these are the games that are chosen by our guests. They have chosen these games. They've also predicted who's going to win on these games. And later on, they're going to tell you why they chose these games. But first, I'm going to speak a bit about them. So first game is PG and Astralis. Um, I'm on the train of the Astralis Miracle Run, as you've probably guessed. 0-3 to 2-2. They play two games next week. And I think they're going to do everything, because I believe. So, yeah. The second game is Bifrost and Nordavind. Obviously, Bifrost did take the win the first time, uh, but Nordavind seemed like a, they're kind of warmed up now and ready to fight this time around. So it'll definitely be interesting to see which, which one comes out top there. Obviously, Bifrost were the team that everyone had at the top of their predictions, but Nordavind are the team that are at the top of the table now. So, so yeah. The next one is Galaxy Racer and Unique. Unique... Like we said, I've had a bit of a dodgy start, but Galaxy Racers also don't look unbeatable. Um, so I can definitely kind of see a team like Unique taking the win off of them, as long as Bloodsteel's not Lady Carry. And both teams kind of need these wins to kind of try and solidify themselves at the top of the table. Um, and for Unique, it's kind of worrying if they don't start picking up some wins soon. Obviously, we'll see how their game fares when they're playing right now. So, done do, you know what the, do you know who won? Yes, we won. Okay, nice. Okay, so Unique are in a bit of a less dangerous situation now. They just won. Yeah, we uh, well, basically, uh, my top laner went nineteen and two. Uh, Jesus. And uh, the game ended was having twenty six kills to five. So. Okay, so there we have it. Yeah. Yep. There we have it. So Unique looking pretty strong. Then obviously we knew that Unique would be a team that are, are going to be at the top of the table. So this means that this game is even more to watch them as these were probably the the top two teams in the league. Um, the last game being Neriki versus uh, Burger Flip. Again, F Burger Flip, but we're going to keep calling that because I didn't update the graphics. Uh, these are the best two teams in the league. And this will be the chance to show basically who will be contesting for Telia Masters for Finland. And kind of show that Finland, again, aren't a team to be messed with and can kind of compete where COVID didn't last split. And try and put Finland up there with the rest of the people. So all these games are going to be streamed, obviously, on their respective channels. Telling all Denmark. Um, so you should definitely all go and watch these out at these times. Um, these are kind of the games that you want to be watching if you're not going to watch any other games and if you've only got like a certain amount of time. So, first off, I'm going to go to. We'll go to Bimsa first. So, Unique versus Galaxy Racer. Why did you choose this game? Uh, because this is just going to be a preview of the finals. Uh, so, so I, I think there's no other interesting game to watch in our league. So, I mean, if if you only have time for one game, I mean, might as well just watch what's going to happen in the finals, right? Okay, strong words. But obviously, with your top player going nineteen and two or whatever, stayed, <laughs> will you be kind of hopping on his back going into the Galaxy Racer game? I mean, if he's showing that form, then I mean, we got to dunk Kakan, and then you know, it doesn't matter if you have Bloodsteel and Murps and Bot, they're going to dunk Sven anyways. I mean, <laughs> Sven is going to wish he stayed top lane, I guess. Oh, that is shots. <clears throat> well, okay, so the next game, obviously, PG versus the Astralis. The Astralis Miracle one run, are you on it, Tim? And why did you pick this game? I mean, I'm on the Astralis Miracle run. Um, as I said, I think that Grub won't make it. I think they're, 
a very mechanical team compared to to our group. I think most other teams way better macro, even us uh, being being uh, one four, and just having lost to them. Um, and I think that they they could just run us over with mechanics. I, I think they can't do that against the other teams. So I don't think they will have much of a chance to to get an easy win again. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't hope that Astralis go to O um, on, on Sunday because the first game, of course, against us ourselves. Um, but I would expect them to. And then um, also also they have Atlanto still, and I think they can beat them again. So I think Astralis is the contender for second place. And I think that PG is probably the, the other team that is contender. So that's probably the second place in our group behind Atlanto, just because Atlanto already has such a game lead um, with having four wins picked up. and and. I think they just keep the first place to do that. Okay. Hot okay. take: Astralis doesn't lose a game more in in their group. I don't think they will. I think. I don't they, think they won that couple either. Uh, I, I don't think they will either. Um. Yeah. And I think I I want to shout out the ATR versus Masonic game as well on the same day because it's basically the game on the on the other side of the bracket that decides the second seed probably. Yeah. Um. Because they both then have one game against randoms and Bada Bing where they both should beat them. I'm saying should because Masonic just lost to randoms, of course. Randoms again. Um, randoms again playoffs. I'm telling you right now. Oh, that's. I mean, they could. I think if they win everything, but oof, they are still playing absolved. That's a hot take. Um, but yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So the last game. Oh, we'll go to Bifrost and Nordvin first. So obviously, you're going to say Nordvin are going to win. But why did you get this game? Well, uh. The reason why I chose is it's obviously because it's going to be the contender of like who gets the top spot. Yeah. Uh, so at the moment, I'm really confident in my boys, and I'm pretty sure we're going to get it. Uh, what is also really interesting is we're also playing Chaos the same day. Uh, so it's obviously going to be us winning both games. And uh, from that point on, it's going to be who's able to get the top two and three spot after that again. Uh, and then it's going to be interesting. And how's the atmosphere? In like the the scrums and stuff, in terms of the the players for Nordman right now, obviously you went four and one last week, uh, four and zero last week, so you basically an unbeaten uh, unbeaten week. So how is everyone's moods and how's everyone feeling about going? Obviously playing the two other teams in the league that you're going to be fighting for. I think everybody's in a serious mode now because we know, like, even though we probably like have the easy game last week. Uh, we're up against the top dogs now, and we're gonna have to take him really seriously. Uh, and that's probably what caught off of guard maybe the first time. People were a bit in a scream mode, and uh, Bifrost gave us such an easy early game in the first game. Uh, so we just gotta get back in the right mood, and I think people are in the right mindset right now. Yeah, so we've definitely got some big games obviously this week. We have arguably the top two teams in um, Sweden, the top two teams in Norway. Um, the playoffs, obviously, contenders in in um, in Denmark. I don't want to call them the top two teams yet, although I am on the Australia's hype train, but not that much. But we're coming to the top two teams in Norway, in Finland. So, Imbi, why did you choose this game? Well, obviously, these two these two are the like top two teams in Finland. Like most likely, it would have to take a kind of a big upset from Epic Avalanche to actually make it to the finals. But I think this. These two teams are going to be the two teams that will win the split and go to Telia Masters. Yep, I can't say I agree with you. 
I, I, I do agree with you, sorry. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Um, so yeah, obviously I couldn't get everyone to predict these games and choose these games without them telling me who's going to win. So we're going to move on to our predictions now. This is a chance for everyone in Twitch chat as well. Spam who you think is going to win these games. I want Nariki if it's Nariki, Burger if it's Burger, Unique, Galaxy Racer, anyone. I want you to spam the hell out of who you think is going to win. Obviously, Twitch chat is doing as bad as me last week, getting, I think, non-right. So we're going to be looking to obviously pull it up a bit. But we have some quite varied predictions this week, actually. Um, last week, it was kind of everyone chose the same thing. But this week, we have Bifrost looking like everyone believing in them more than Nordwind. Uh, obviously, me and Tom kick the only one that I actually believe. Um, Astralis hype train, everyone's on it. And again, Berg Flip, Nuriki, even though Nuriki are at the top of the Berg Flip, I'm looking like people think they're going to take the win. So, yeah, um, this is a chance as well for people in Twitch chat. If you have any questions um, or anything you want to ask the guests, um, for anyone, it can be about anything. It can be about drafting. Obviously, we have some coaches here. It can be about games. It can be about their teams. Uh, just stick your question in chat. And we'll come to it if it's not a troll. Or if it is a good troll, we'll come to it anyway. So, Boomstar, speak to me about why you picked Bifrost over Nordwind. I think uh, I've only watched a few of the games. Um, and I think both Nordwind and Bifrost look good. But I just look at the roster for Bifrost. And I mean, I think it is just the best, um, the best roster that is in, in, in the the Norwegian league. I think pound for pound talent, they just have the best players and I know that they have uh, I, I know some of these players personally and I know that they have uh, tends to clutch up when it matters, so I, I think that they will take the win. Okay, okay. And a question for everyone here from Miko Law in the chat. What are your thoughts on Udir at the moment? We'll start with we'll start with Tim. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it can be good. I I think there are good things into it um, that are, that are meta right now. I think that uh, he he really gets countered. Um, but if you can get him in the match where he he doesn't really get shut down um, by not maybe not an early game. I don't think you can really shut him down in early game. He can just free farm. Um, but in team fights, when you can make him use this there um, by picking champions like Thresh, um, Thresh Aphelios, for example, I think is something that could work very well against him. Um, so he doesn't roam free in teamfights, then I think he can be insanely useless as well. Okay. And Indy, what do you think? Obviously, being an AD carry main, how do you feel when you see an Udyr locked in in solo queue or in competitive if you played against it? Uh, I haven't I haven't gotten the pleasure of seeing Udyr on the enemy team, but I'm friends with uh, a certain Udyr one trick in Finland, who is around Grandmaster uh, level. But uh, in today's meta, I think Udyr is like, it is really strong at skirmishing early against like the current junglers, I think. Except for maybe uh, Talia or Kindred or something that can really kite him. But I think he has he's very very scary when you uh, walk into river at three minutes and there's a user <laughs> waiting for you there. And also in team fights, it's it's something that the AD carry can't really just ignore. Like if you walk, uh, you'll see the user with like three and a half k HP with perma shields and uh, five hundred <laughs> movements with running around. You're like. Wait, I can't walk past this. This this guy's gonna one shot me. Like, what what is this? Why does he have three HP and can one shot me? Why is he not fuck uh, Zion or something? This uh, that's those are the two things that I think make Euro 
pretty good, but not. It's Uru is not so, a champion that is like turbo broken at the moment. Okay. Okay. And yeah, Tom Kick, what do you think? <clears throat> well, looking at Uru, like the champion has his clear strengths. Uh, and what is really funny to see in most of the competitive matches is that. Udri is allowed to just run around and do all the stupid things, as <laughs> mentioned earlier. Uh, but when you look at uh, Udri against teams that actually know how to play the game, it's really, I think it should be pretty easy to keep Udri under, under control. But uh, it's its still really funny to look at Udri. <laughs> okay, and... And I guess it's me now. It um, is you now. So I think... Udia is, is like disturbingly broken right now, and the reason for that is like very simple. He has the quickest clear of any jungler. It's like just after three, like just a bit more than three minutes. Uh, I think it's three oh seven, but that doesn't matter. But point is, uh, he has the quickest clear. So and he's really good uh, in skirmishing. He beats like Olaf, uh, Graves, these kind of champs. So like his mid game is just beyond uh, disturbing, and it it's just really really good. Especially as uh, Impi said, you can't really ignore him if you're a carry, but you can't really afford to kill him either. Um, so so the big like the, the only thing he struggles is is in like uh, team fights, but that's not really where you pick Udo. You pick him for the skirmishes, um, and then with items like camp tank being buffed and items like that man's being in the game, you can just run people down. So I, I think the champ is really really good. I don't think it's blind pickable because you need some certain things to happen in draft for it to make sense, but I think it's like one of the best junglers right now. Okay. Okay. And another question from chat. Um, this is from Krungle. So how do you think the best teams in each league would do an NLC? So let's go for we'll go for Bifrost and Nordwind um, in Norway. We'll go for Nariki and Burgerflip from Finland. Uh, Denmark will go for, let's say, Absolved and Masonic. And then Sweden will oh, go and Astralis, maybe, if you want to go for Astralis. And we'll go for Unique and Galaxy Race in Sweden. So I'll start off with Imbi. How do you feel like your teams would do in NLC? Uh, hmm. At the current level, I think both teams need uh, like one or two roster changes to uh, do well in NLC, or do decently in NLC. So I feel like Nuriki has uh, a big problem in the mid lane if they, go, if they go any further than the Finnish League. I think that is... That's kind of like a fact. And I think Burger Flip, while they have the strongest players on paper in, in the league, I think they had to have their weaknesses in their rookie AD carry. I think I think I at least think he's a rookie. I haven't seen him anywhere else. And then their mid laner is is their weakest link, but still he has shown some very surprising things when the stakes get high. Like uh, he, uh Burger Flip's mid laner at the moment is the same mid laner that was in Baskill. Uh, in yeah. last area masters, and they did surprisingly well, even though looking the, uh, even though if you look at their solo queue ranking or the players in paper, they they would not look like a team that would go quite far in area masters. Okay, okay, and we'll move on to Sweden next. Uh, I think looking at the current power of the NLC team, I mean, Eminem, Virtle, Dusty, these teams are looking kind of bad, and I think honestly. Us and Galaxy Racer could probably like tussle up and finish like to- uh, probably top five in each group. Like we would take games from like the the normal Dusty Vidlim and M teams, but I don't really see us getting any higher. Like I, I think maybe Galaxy Racer could make it into top four, but I I think that bot lane would get really hard ex- uh, exploited. And yeah, so I, I think 
top five, top four in each group. I think it's like realistic. Okay. Okay. And I'll go to Tim next. How yeah. and why are Astralis gonna win NLC next split? I wouldn't say that. Um, actually, the I think that Absolved, I mean, all the players have NLC experience, so I think they have a decent shot of of having a decent to good showing. Uh, but I think that behind Absolved, there's just even though they lost to Masonic, I think there's a pretty huge gap in in gameplay. Um, and I, I don't also I I wouldn't be sure how serious right now the Absolved players are taking the regular season. Um, so maybe they can even ramp up, um, or I would guess them to to ramp up um, during playoffs and then doing the Tilia Masters um, in NLC. So I think there there's even room for improvement for them, and then I think they have a decent shot of of probably performing decent uh, the same as um, Pims are just predicted for the for the Swedish teams, maybe even better. Okay, and we'll move to Tomkit next. So looking at NLC now, if I can start comparing my own team, uh, I think we we probably not do as hot right now, uh, and that's probably because like we haven't been practicing enough to play on the highest level. Looking at when we started playing this season, I could easily see that this team was going to be top three, and I said to the boys like we we are top three now, and by the end of uh, the Telia season, we're going to be top one. Uh, so at the current level, we're probably not going to be pretty hot in LC. But uh, if we get through master and telemaster pretty good, uh, I'm confident we can do pretty good. Uh, Biofrost is more of an interesting case because, as we saw earlier, they like can drop game to Rishkang and be a little bit shaky, even though they have on paper say the strongest roster. I still think we as Noravin has better learning curves that will stay progressively better than Bifrost. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. So we're getting like a could compete but let's say fifth or sixth place in in the in the groups is what I'm kinda of hearing from that. So Bimsa, you'll be happy to know that everyone else thinks Unique's gonna win in the chat as well. So for the Twitch yeah, chat, yeah, because it's my players. So. Yes, I know. <laughs> I've, I've noticed. Don't worry. Um, so we've got Burger Flip that um, Twitch chat thinks is going to win. We've got a strongest which Twitch chat thinks is going to win. We've got Unique and Bifrost as well. Um, so yeah, kind of going for I guess what you could call the favourites. Um, no surprise there. Um, so another question, Bim sir, how are you so effing handsome? Well. Uh... I have not seen a picture of Suko, so it's hard to say uh, what we're working <laughs> with, you know, what standards. But I mean, he's a gender player, so it's a bit hard. But I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it's probably just uh, Danish genetics, honestly. Fair enough, fair enough. And this is actually a really good question from Kings Bob. So, who is the best single player across all Telia leagues and why? Smurfigutten. <laughs> Easy. Top laner. 16 year old prodigy. He, you can never let him play Camille, or you'll never see the your ADCs will never see the green screen ever again. He'll stay gray forever. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Anyone else? I mean, uh, I, I don't have ma that much experience. I don't know so many players because I've just joined the Nordic scene. But it's Crow for sure. I mean, he okay. is just so good at everything, and uh, yeah, that's it. 
He's good on the talk shows as well. I can I can agree. Yeah, he's he's just so good. You know, he will he will easily go to NLC alone. You know, one v five. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And him being Bimsa, who do you think? Uh, uh, you can go first. <laughs> I th I think I am of course the best player in the whole Telia. My team's just holding me holding me back at the at the last place. I'm gonna one me one me nine. We will smurf soon. Uh, second round, Robin. I think strong words. Uh, I, I think Dragon is probably the best player. Uh, I think he is very talented on mid. I think he is mechanically really strong. I think he is very smart about the game. So, and, and I know he he brings a lot to his team uh, in yeah. terms of uh, leadership and, uh, and 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 just direction and experience. So yeah. Very well, very well. Okay, so another question. Um, are there any, I guess this is for more, more for the coaches, but we'll, we'll come to Imbi as well. So are there any champs that will be sleeper OP on the new patch? We'll come to Imbi first, actually. Uh, I'm not sure what changes are next patch, really. I did see some, something about Shivana, but not really sure if those are going to be impactful enough. I have, I have a hatred for Shivana. Same. I hate it. Hate Same. it. Same. Yeah. So... So yeah, so Tom Kick, um, who do, do you think there's anything sleeper OP on the next patch? I'm not sure if it's sleeper OP, uh, but I think Soraka is a really interesting champion right now. From what we saw uh, last season, was that uh, Riot kind of fucked up and uh, gave her a double buff for her damage on the Q, which made her extremely good in the solo lane. I don't think that's the case now, but I think with the changes she's getting and the buffs to Moonstone, it's a possibility for an interesting uh, duo healer botlane as we have started to see, but might be a bit slapped on. I think okay. the same. Sorga with like Leonor Nautilus is really disgusting to be too, and it scales yeah. really well into the game. So do you think that's something that we could be seeing a lot of in, for example, all the games next week then? On the next patch, I say, might be. Uh, I, I remember last played Nuriki was uh, playing. I did play in official games. They did play Soraka Leona or Soraka Nautilus, and just like it had to be banned. Like every game, they played like twenty games of Duo with it, or like uh, around Master Day or something. And they went like 20, 20 wins and two two losses or something. Like wow. just straight, and everybody just banned Soraka against them every single game after that. Okay, another question coming in. Mental coaches, useful or not? Um, you mental coaches are wonderful, and Krangle is the best mental coach that I've ever worked with. <laughs> <laughs> not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> not sponsored. At not all. held at gunpoint, smile. No. Uh, um, I mean, no. Um, yes, and I think uh, this is my, my first bit really working with a mental coach, but I think it, it really helps because they can also talk with your players differently than maybe like positional coach or you as a head coach can because they can talk from a different angle that is not really gameplay related like um and from personal experience i, I come from um competitive sports myself um and we usually had had people that took over that role and i personally found, found it helpful um especially when you have a rough spit like we're in right now i think it helps a lot because there's an there's a person they can just also just talk to and and get get things off their chest um, that they might not want to the the normal coaches or maybe also to know. Do you feel like there's a lot of similarities between uh, coaching traditional sports and esports? Then I think it there is. I think there 
I mean, there are definitely differences. Um, uh, one big difference is that you don't see each other, especially at this level. Um, where we right now, since we're not in gaming houses, um, you don't see each other um, that much, which I think is a big difference. It makes a big difference, especially for coaching. Um, but I think there are a lot of lessons to be learned in traditional sports and traditional coaching um, to be brought to esports. Okay, Tom Kick, what do you have the same opinion? Yeah, I totally agree. So, what is most different, uh, as just Tim said, uh, is that thing that you can't really see who you're practicing with unless you do have like a gaming house together. Uh, so, for our sake, the academy team, we don't really see each other much, but we talk a lot. And uh, speaking about the mental coach stuff, I think it's really, really important. Uh, from being uh, an athlete myself, I th the most important thing of being an athlete is being seen. All players want to be seen and want to be heard. And if you have somebody that can really understand the players and can help them uh, get their words out, I think it's extremely helpful. Okay. And Bimsa, Imbi, do you have any words on that? I think. Uh, from, from my perspective, I, I think, especially in like, uh, okay, so I'm just gonna be. I think in in the Nordic scene, I think mental coaches are important because people tend to be very very sensitive about everything. I mean, in, in Nordic, the Cash takes a sip. It's like this is gonna be good. No, but I I, I think in, in the Nordic scene, what um. What happens is you like your team culture has to be like we're all friends, we're all like great, we work together inside the game, outside the game, all of these things. Um, and I think at that stage, mental coaches helps a lot, right? Because it's good to okay, how do we solve this issue? How do we go like go from here to something else? Like how do we progress uh, on on a on a team basis? I think then it helps a lot. But I also have seen from from the times I have uh, been to. Uh, Euro leagues. I've tried it. I have tried for some of these, um, and and basically what I've seen is just when when your key priority is not we all just have to be friends and people work more as like this is a, a job. This is something I, I I got to do. And people will settle the differences. Like they will if they think somebody's an idiot, they will say, "Hey, listen, I, I think you're a fucking griefer. Could you maybe stop just being zero ten every like?" <laughs> Every game, could you stop dying at crap? Every single game, giving my lane buffs. Like, I mean, I, at that point, I think that the tone shifts, and people see it more as like, if I don't tell you, we're not going to win, and I'm here to win. Um, so, so I, th I think that there's a mindset where I think mental coaches are really good, but I don't think that they're necessarily uh, like I, I don't think you necessarily need them. Okay, and what do you think as as a player in me? Uh, I think mental coaches are really helpful. I've had I've had a few of my career. I think every every single I've had one in the team. I was like, oh yes, I love it. I I really enjoy my time. Like for some teams where I have been like the best player on on the rift, I feel like mental coaches really helped me then because like I remember like some teams. I would look at my teammates and I was like, wait, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And uh, after the game. After I'm like super tilted out of three skins, I go to the mental coach and I'm like, man, I don't really know what to do. I'm really getting frustrated. And that, those were the times where the mental coach has really been like a blessing. I feel like it would be yeah. like, if I, if I didn't have mental coach in those teams, I feel like I just burn out and just take like a couple months break uh, out of league and just everything, everything team related. 
And even even if a team is like doing decent or like winning a lot, I think mental coaches really uh, help then as well. If you're winning every game and then you randomly lose like a game you shouldn't lose, some players are really most likely some players are gonna have like a mental breakdown, kind of like we shouldn't have lost this game. Oh, my teammate is ending me. We shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done that. And I think those are especially the places where the mental coach can help, and they might bring a team just like then. Uh, extra one or two wins they needed in the league to just qualify for playoffs or get up at the seating or secure first place or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. Like, obviously, I've, I've worked as a manager in, in teams, but you have that, you have that, that idea where players are sometimes scared to speak what they, what they feel like they should say because they are obviously scared of, like, messing up the team atmosphere, for example, and obviously a mental coach would kind of help a lot with that. So yeah, so we're going to wrap up again now. So Bimsa, obviously you have some guys in chat, some some boys, as we should say. Uh, do you have any words for your fans or anyone in chat? Just to wrap up. Sit on your fucking dog, you can only play such on you. No, um, <laughs> no, no, real talk, I've, uh, I honestly love working with these guys from Unique and, you know, sometimes they're, <laughs> true, yeah, no, sometimes I know they're, they're giant idiots and I have to like take them by the neck and be like, okay, but can we stop being like absolutely useless? And, and then like, you know what? Might not be a bad idea. And then we just sit down and talk and then we work everything out. But like, I, I'm really enjoying it, even though, you know, sometimes it all just becomes a bit memes and, you know, we, we drop some games because we just forget our hands at home. But, you know, I, I'm really enjoying it. And to everybody that's not uh, from Unique, <laughs> thank you, uh, I guess. I'm not sure why you chose to follow me instead of anybody else, but uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Coach Tim, do you have any words for anyone? I mean, I, I wouldn't underestimate the, the flung players, I think. Um, it, it looks really bad for us right now, and I hope it looks better by the end of the split. But um, I think they will be very under, underrated, um, especially our Zolo lanes uh, have a lot of potential and are very good. And I hope they will be considered next split um, to stay in TSD okay, and thanks. further improve. Yeah, Stralis did go, well, Dombey obviously came on here last week and said his team were going to do better next week. And they did obviously win two games in an hour. So maybe it's Test Talk buff. We'll, start, we'll find out next week. But Imbi, any words? Uh, Wrath will be swift. We will smurf soon. All these peasants thinks we, are, we think we aren't good. We're going to solve them second, second uh, round robin and go 7 0, go to playoffs, tell your masters, easy. No way, no way, no one's going to stop us. Easy clap. And Finland will tell masters. Maybe. So you're against Guap and tell masters and so on. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so, Tom Kick, any words? Yeah, just wait for Norvin to win uh, Telemaster. Nothing else to put in there. Fair enough. I mean, there's nothing really else to say, is there? Sorted. Your top lane is the best, best player in in the Nordic region, basically. Yeah, by far. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this was episode two of TED Talk. Thank you to all the guests for coming. Uh, thank you for Telia for helping with the graphics and all the software. And thank you to Invulnerable Esports for all the help with the production side. Um, and yeah, that's it for episode two. So obviously we will be here again next week, Friday, 19 CT. You can catch the VOD of this. I should have said this is on, on the, uh, the start. Spotify, YouTube, and 
Twitch VODs as well, but no one cares about Twitch VODs. And yeah, my name has been, or is, Chris, aka CJ Shaw. And thank you for coming to my test talk.